It's November 3rd, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cottonor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. South Korea's Jun Ong Daily is reporting that North Korea fired three missiles this morning, including one possibly longer-range ballistic missile, South Korean military officials said. According to Seoul's defense ministry, the North fired one long-range ballistic missile from the Pyongyang area into the East Sea around 7.40 a.m. local time, followed by two short-range ballistic missiles from the South Pyong'an province around 8.39 a.m. local time. This morning's launches come after the North fired a record of 23 missiles from various locations yesterday, including one that unprecedentedly landed on the South Korean side of the inter-Korean maritime boundary and only 35 miles from South Korean coastal city of Sokcho Gangwon. According to Reuters, the Ethiopian government and regional forces from Tigray agreed yesterday to cease hostilities, a dramatic diplomatic breakthrough two years into a war that has killed thousands, displaced millions, and left hundreds of thousands facing famine. Just over a week after formal peace talks mediated by the African Union began in the South African capital, Pretoria, delegates from both sides signed an agreement on a permanent cessation of hostilities. Olusagan Obasanjo, head of the AU mediation team, said the agreement also included restoration of law and order, restoration of services, unhindered access to humanitarian supplies, and protection of civilians. However, the contours of the agreement remain unclear. In my opinion, this is a good first step. Unfortunately, a previous ceasefire did not withstand the test of time. Given the human rights violations documented on both sides of the conflict and the food insecurity in the region, which has been exacerbated by the conflict, I can't imagine the tensions will ratchet down so easily. The Kiev Independent is reporting that Russian President Vladimir Putin agreed yesterday to rejoin the landmark grain deal that created a protected Black Sea corridor from Ukraine to export millions of tons of agricultural products trapped inside the war-torn country. Putin claimed that Russia received significant guarantees from Ukraine that the corridor would not be used for military purposes. He added that Turkey acted as an intermediary. Ukraine has yet to comment on the details of the guarantees Moscow mentioned. Elsewhere, the BBC reports that glaciers across the globe, including the last ones in Africa, will be unavoidably lost by 2050 due to climate change, the UN says in a report. Glaciers in a third of the UN World Heritage Sites will melt within three decades, a UNESCO report found. Mount Kilimanjaro's last glaciers will vanish, as will glaciers in the Alps and Yosemite National Park in the United States. They will melt regardless of the world's actions to combat climate change, the authors say. The report, which makes projections based on satellite data, 
comes as world leaders prepare to meet in Egypt for next week's COP27 climate change conference. Brazil's outgoing president, Jair Bolsonaro, has asked his supporters to stand down after truck drivers blocked highways around the country to protest Sunday's election result. Deutsche Welle reports that Bolsonaro delivered a brief statement on Twitter, only his second public address since he lost the election, saying the protests were legitimate and welcome, but he urged supporters to clear the roadways so people could move freely. For a second time, he did not explicitly concede defeat, nor did he congratulate the winner, leftist former President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva. After election results were announced on Sunday, pro-Bolsonaro truck drivers and other protesters staged hundreds of roadblocks in more than 20 states around Brazil. The Supreme Federal Court ordered the use of all necessary measures to open the roads. Federal Highway Police said 732 roadblocks had been cleared across the country. Around 146 remained as of Wednesday. According to Al Jazeera, a court in military-ruled Myanmar has handed a 148-year prison sentence to a former parliamentarian from the deposed National League for Democracy party, according to a previous conviction, which will now see Win Mian Yilang spend a total of 173 years in prison. The sentence, which was handed down on Monday after his conviction on terrorism charges, appeared to be the longest jail term given to any member of Aung San Suu Kyi's government and NLD party since the military grabbed power in February 2021. Liang had already been convicted in March, April, and June of five offenses involving incitement and terrorism, for which he received sentences totaling 25 years. Politico Europe is reporting that Italian Premier Giorgio Maloney has appointed fans of the Mussolini family and a junior minister who is photographed in a swastika armband as members of her new government team. The episode triggered a wave of anger from anti-fascist campaigners and is likely to undermine Maloney's attempts to build up her brand as a reliable and moderate leader on the world stage. The controversy comes at a sensitive time for the new Italian prime minister as she prepares for her first visit to meet EU leaders in Brussels this week. Speaking at a press conference, she insisted that they were chosen on merit, but several of the appointments provoked protests from opposition politicians and anti-fascist organization ANPI. The criticism is unlikely to damage Maloney's poll ratings, which have risen since the election in September to 30%. In lighter news, the Washington Post has a heartwarming story from Philadelphia. Jim Lindruth was with a group of friends for the Phillies' clinching win on October 23rd. Lindruth and his friends became separated from their group in the crowd. As they searched for their buddies, they waded through the throng, tossing cans of beer to partygoers. This caught the eye of a woman who gestured for a drink. As Lindruth gave her a beer, she overheard their conversation about looking for their friends. The woman responded as any self-respecting Phillies fan would. Do you want to get on my shoulder, she asked, then hoisted Lindruth up above the sea of revelers. 
It worked. His buddy spotted him atop her shoulders and made their way over. The next day, Lindruth's friend penned a witty blurb and shared the plea to a Phillies fan club on Facebook. Within hours, the woman, Erin Sweeney, stumbled upon the story and revealed herself as the Cinderella of the night and dropped in a picture of Jim perched atop her shoulders. She wrote in all caps, Jim, I'm so glad you found your friends. Fans advocated for the pair to see each other again, and a radio host suggested on air that a sponsor should send Lindruth and Sweeney to a World Series game. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with Joe Serencioni, a nuclear weapons expert, about the newly released Nuclear Posture Review. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.